And so forgive us, but so, so thankful for your faithfulness. We're going to continue in our study um, in Revelation, the message to the churches. But before I do, um, for the sake of those who are listening to us online, I want to repeat what Pastor Tory had announced, and that is that next week, next Sunday, our usual service at 11 o'clock will be held outdoors here on this property. Uh, will be held outdoors for those of you who may be a little bit nervous about uh, social distancing and such. We want to see you. And if you feel comfortable enough to show up outdoors, we miss you. And if you want to, please come, if you feel comfortable, uh, and wear a mask. Some of us will be masked up, but we will be able to you know, follow uh, social distancing guidelines and we'll, we'll be able to be outside and enjoy fellowship with one another, um, singing and praising, just, to, just as usual. That'll challenge uh, the media workers just a little bit, Mary and Anthony and Mitch, if he's around. It'll challenge them to get us set up. But the, the, praise the Lord, I'm looking so forward to seeing some who may be uh, more willing to come if we're having church outside. I also want to repeat what Pastor Tory said, and that would be our uh, New Year's Eve celebration. It's going to be just a, a come and go as you uh, please, 7 o'clock through whenever. We'll be making further announcement as we um, you know, lock down some of the plans. We will be uh, having communion together, and we'll give you a time on when that'll take place so that if that's one part of the uh, the night's activities that you are really interested in, you'll know exactly when to be here. Otherwise, there will be food, and we're just th- planning on initially just praising and praying and just having fellowship and bringing in the new year with prayer. Amen and praise and worship of God, like I think it should be. Amen, and many of you do too. Hallelujah. So <clears throat> now we'll begin... Father, I pray that you would bless me right now, that I may speak to your children. Father, that your word will be brought forth, not mine, but yours. Father, give me the ability by your Holy Spirit that I may speak to those who you have anointed to hear this word in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. So we're on the last church, the church of the Laodiceans. We've gone through all the others, and this is the last one. So let's begin in verse 14 of chapter 3. And to the angel of the church of the Laodiceans write, These things says the Amen, the faithful and the true witness, the beginning of the creation of God. I know your works, that you are neither cold nor hot. I could wish you were cold or hot. So then because you are lukewarm and neither cold or hot, I will vomit you out of my mouth. Because you say I am rich and have become wealthy and have need of nothing and do not know that you are wretched, miserable, poor, blind and naked. I counsel you to buy for me gold refined in the fire, that you may be rich, and white garments, that you may be clothed, that the shame of your nakedness may not be revealed, and anoint your eyes with eye salve, that you may see. As many as I love, I rebuke and chasten. Therefore, be zealous and repent. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in to him and dine with him, and he with me. To him who overcomes, I will grant to sit with me on my throne. I also overcame and sat down by my Father on his throne. He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. Amen. So we'll break this down together, my brothers and sisters. And this church, uh, as you've already noticed, has no commendations. He's not saying anything that they're doing right. <laughs> uh, my brothers and sisters, that's... There were two churches that he did not tell what they were doing wrong, right? And now this one, they're not doing anything right. But I want to begin with the last verse of what I just... And this is what I've done 
probably more than one time since we've been in the series, and that is on verse 22, he who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. Again, I know I'm repeating, but maybe there's someone who's tuning in online who hasn't heard the whole series. You know what, my brothers and sisters, we've heard this before, and many of you studied, and you know that you know, some teach and preach that um, each of the seven churches is related to an actual church age, and the last church age being the one that we are currently in, the church of Laodiceans. And that may be true, but the reason why I don't think it's necessarily true, because if the church only consists, if that's the church age, and primarily that's what the church is made up of, what about our brothers and sisters who are in Africa, North Africa, in the Middle East, right now, who are suffering and who look more like the church of Philadelphia? What about them? Would it be fair to say that they're, they're part of the age of the church of the Laodiceans? No. I think the church of the Laodiceans, actually, that characteristic, that type of congregation existed back then when Jesus wrote this letter, but it also existed all through the church ages, the church age that we're in, which began at the day of Pentecost and will end when Jesus comes and calls us home. For the Lord himself is going to descend from the heavens with a shout, with the voice of the archangel and the trumpet of God, and he's going to call his church home, end of the church age. My brothers and sisters, this is an awesome, awesome thing that we see because God is talking to us from back then as he always had through his word, but he's speaking to his church and he's saying, let everyone who has an ear, everyone who is concerned with this, everyone who is, a, is part of my church, everyone who is in the body of believers, everyone, let him hear what he says to the church of the Laodiceans. No, what he says to all the churches. I'm speaking to my people. I'm speaking to my, my church. Amen? Amen? All right, so you won't have any problem with whatever I say the rest of the way. Hallelujah. <laughs> So in verse 14 then he says, And unto the angel of the church of Laodicea... Now Laodicea was a rich city. It was rich. There was, there was commerce that went on. And the people were truly rich because you know, there were bankers there. There was uh, black wool. Black wool cloth with, is, is something that they were very um, you know, uh, industrious with. And, and that's part of how they were, um, you know, got their riches and such. And they were also, they were, there was also health care that was part of their culture and part of the thing that they had going on over there. So there, there were people that were educated and, and so on and so forth. In fact, there was an earthquake that I've read historically that there was an earthquake that took place that, that toppled the city and Rome didn't even have to rebuild it because the people, the residents of Laodicea, they had enough money where they rebuilt the city without the help of Rome. So they were pretty rich. Okay? These things, look, I love that Jesus identifies himself, but I look at how he identifies himself here. We're going to pick this apart. These things says the amen, the faithful and true witness, the beginning of the creation of God. So the amen. In Isaiah 65, in the first part of 16, it says, so, he, so that he who blesses himself in the earth shall bless himself in the God of truth. Do you see that word truth right there? That is actually the same word that's translated amen. So amen means it, so be it. We know that it's translated so be it. Whatever that is, whatever. So we say amen at the prayer. Why do we say amen at the prayer? So whatever I prayed, so, so be it. So let it be. So Jesus is the amen. Jesus is how it is. Jesus is the truth. It is. There's no other way. That's the way it is. Jesus, remember, and, and I think this corresponds in a way when Moses was uh, commanded by God to go and speak to the children of Israel. He said, well, they're going to want to know who sent me. Who should I say? 
has sent me. That's right. He said, man, what did Moses say? What did God say to Moses? You tell them that I am that I am has sent thee. Right? So Jesus said, before Abraham was, I am. He's telling you that he always was, he always will be. He is the truth. He is the way. He is the life. He is who he is. And that's it. The self-sustaining one, the truth that will always be. Amen? So in 2 Corinthians, just listen to me as I read. This is coming out of 2 Corinthians uh, chapter 1, verses 19 and 20. For the Son of God, Jesus Christ, who is preached among you by us, by me, Silvanus, Timothy, was not yes or no, but in him was yes. For all the promises of God in him, in Jesus, are yes, and in him, amen, to the glory of God the Father. All the promises of God are true, so be it, it's going to happen. Amen. It's not yes or no or maybe, it's yes and amen, it's true, it will be. So, my brothers and sisters, that is really important to me. Really important to me. Because when I look at things like this, when I, there's always hope. So when he tells me that there is hope, that in the cross of Christ, there is all of my deliverances, was, was, everything was paid for right then and there. And it doesn't matter what things look like. It doesn't matter about COVID-19. It doesn't matter how many afflictions that are afflicting me. It doesn't matter because God says, He's delivered me from all of them. Oh, Brother Tony, you're not sick right now. You're not experiencing any negativity. Oh, tell me. Come on now. I may not be going through exactly what you're going through, but I've probably been through some of it, and I'll probably go through some more of it, and you're probably going to experience some of it. And we're, See, that's why Jesus didn't lie to us. He didn't paint any... Jesus did. I'm going to just tell you, and I'm going to say clean and clear, and I'm going to make people mad at me, but who cares? Everybody's mad at me most of the time anyway. Jesus did not preach Joel Osteen, and Joel Osteen ain't preaching Jesus. In this world, you'll have trouble. That's what Jesus said. In this world, you will have trouble. But be of good cheer, because I've overcome the world. Hallelujah! That's all I'm going to say about that. So he's the amen. He's so be it. He's the truth. It is what it is. Hallelujah! Amen. He's the amen. The faithful and true witness. See, Jesus, you see, it's not a faithful and true witness. He is the faithful and true witness. He is the only one qualified the only one qualified to testify. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And so now watch. When he's talking to the church, if he's, <laughs> he's the faithful and true witness, so what he's saying, he's, it, what he's already said, he's the amen. What I'm saying to you is true. What I'm saying, I'm the, I'm the faithful and true witness. I ain't going to make anything up. I ain't going to embellish anything. I'm not going to speak in hyperbole. I'm telling you, this is it. I'm not going to entertain you. I'm not going to tell you what you want to hear. I'm just going to tell you. And he's the one that's qualified to do it. Amen? Hallelujah. In John 5, just write these down. You can check me out later. Uh, In John 5, 31, 32. If I bear witness of myself, this is Jesus speaking to those who challenged him. If I bear witness of myself, my witness is not true. There is another who bears witness of me. And I know that the witness which he witnesses of me is true. Who is he talking about? God the Father. Why? This is my beloved Son. Listen to Him. This is my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. There are at least two times where God spoke clearly out of heaven. But what about the Holy Spirit also? John the Baptist said, I, he saw the Holy Spirit land on him like a dove. Holy Spirit confirmed. Hallelujah! So there you have two witnesses other than Jesus. Man, I'm so fired up right now. 
In Deuteronomy, see, this is, and this is why Jesus said this, because he's speaking to those who are challenging him, those religious people who are trying to hold doctrine and, and the word and all this. In Deuteronomy 19.15, One witness shall not rise against a man concerning any iniquity or any sin that he commits. By the mouth of two or three witnesses, the matter shall be established. So you have two witnesses other than Jesus himself. Woo! Already fulfilled. It's established. So he is the faithful and true witness. Amen? The beginning of the creation of God. Now we know that. Jesus is God. He always existed as God. But now just to go ahead and back me up. You know how Pastor Tony is. I want to go ahead and show you a little bit of scripture. Not so it's my opinion. So you could see in Colossians 1, 16 and 17. For by him Jesus all things were created that are in heaven, that are on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions, principalities or powers. All things were created through him and for him. He is before all things, and in him all things consist. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. See, he's he's telling you who he is, what he's all about. There's no... It is what it is, man. There's no gray area here. This is God speaking to his people, and what he's telling you, you better listen to because... He's very serious about it. Every place I see where he's talking, it's in red. That means, pay attention. (laughs) So let's jump to verse 15 now. I know your works, that you are neither cold nor hot. I could wish that you were cold or hot. So then because you are lukewarm and neither cold nor hot, I will vomit you out of my mouth. Now listen, I'm going to say some things that's going to, again, tick people off. But I don't care. I mean, I do care. Let Let me back up. When I say that I don't care, I don't want anybody to take that the wrong way. I care. But the thing about it is I want to say this, I want to say the truth because only the truth makes you free. That's not just a that's not just like a, you know, a, a, a fancy catchphrase that we should say and all that. Listen, only the truth sets you free. Only. You you have to know the truth Otherwise, you're, you're going to be in bondage and you may live your life thinking that everything is okay because you prayed a prayer and all that. But no, you're, you're still in bondage. The enemy of your soul has you trapped and you don't even know it. So my brothers and sisters, when Jesus says something like this, I will vomit you out of my mouth. I don't know too much. I'm not a doctor, obviously. But in order for you to vomit something out, it would have had to have been in. Isn't that right? So, if I'm in Christ, there's a possibility I can be vomited out of Christ, which means that there is such a thing as apostasy. It doesn't mean that this greasy grace has me covered. I pray to prayer and I can go ahead and live my life. What he's saying is if you're lukewarm, you ain't going to make it. So why in the world would anybody in my position tell people, oh, it's okay, you pray the prayer, okay, it's good, it's good. God knows you're trying. No, listen, I'm telling you something. God does love you. God does know that you're going to miss the mark. But God put His Holy Spirit in there to help you, to help you, to help you what? To help you know when you missed the mark and give you the grace to move back to where you're supposed to be so that you can hit the mark the next time. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I will spit you right out of my mouth. Man, that's pretty strong language. So how can it... And I've, I've read something just this morning, a, a commentary about... Well, we know that that doesn't mean, you know, you, you're, you're, you're out of Christ. You're out of... You can't... How in the world can anybody think that? And there's more than one scripture in there that says that. But my brothers and sisters... See, but a lot of p- people in my position... 
uh, the seeker-friendly churches are not going to say stuff like that. Why? Because you lose people. But again, my brothers and sisters, I don't want anybody to be afraid that if they make a mistake, they're going to lose their salvation, that God is just this big, ugly ogre. He's just waiting for you to mess up so he can jerk the rug out from from underneath you, so he can pull the lever. Go straight to hell. Do not pass. Go. Do not collect $200. No, God isn't that way. God is doing everything that he can. And it's going to be evident by the time we finish this, this little part here, this little message to this church that God is not willing that anybody should perish, even those who are acting a fool right now, even those who have prayed a prayer and who don't pay attention to Him. He's still knocking on the door as we'll see in Jesus' name. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. So let's jump down, brothers and sisters, and guess what? I almost skipped a whole bunch and you would have went home early and been happy. Thank you, sister. You come back all the time. All the time. We ain't going to skip a word. Not even a jot or a tittle. <laughs> all right. So verse 17. Because you say... See, watch. So, so I want to I go back. Because you say, you're lukewarm. Right? I, wish you were, I, I would wish that you were hot or cold. But because you're lukewarm, I'm going to spew you out of my mouth. Watch. Because, because in my estimation... He's telling you the reason, right? He's showing you. This is illustrating. Because you say, I am rich. I've become wealthy and have need of nothing. And do not know that you are wretched, miserable, poor, and blind, and naked. My brothers and sisters, that's what, I mean, any culture, any society where we stop depending on God and we start looking at other things for our sustenance. See, it's for us, it is about, you know, honestly, you know, we, we need clothes. We need a house to live in. We need something to drive. Basically, it's, it's tough to get along without a ride. Uh, I mean, many people do that. And I, I, man, I am, I've got guys that work with me that drive bicycles to work, and I give them all, I mean, they're never late. I mean, I, I give them a lot of credit. But my brothers and sisters, basically, you know, we need food, and, and we have to have jobs, and we have to do these things. We need money to, to do these things, amen? So I'm not saying that, you know, this is wrong, and we just need to be, you know, sit, you know just laying in our prayer closet waiting for God to drop a check in the mail. I'm not saying that. No, no, no. But, and, and, and this word is not teaching that. But there's, a, there's a, a, a little problem that we have once we start having our needs met because of our work or because of we have a benefactor or, or something. We stop paying attention to God. We stop relying upon God. We stop being thankful to God for those things. See, that's the tool of the enemy. That's the tool of the enemy. And that's why I'm against... You know, communism, socialism, this Marxism, this thing that's taking over our country right now. You know, all goodies, all freebies. And don't shut off. Don't turn me off. I'm not going to get political. I'm just saying we have to be careful of that stuff. We have to be careful. My brothers and sisters, this is, this is, this is about um, giving glory to God. This is about being dependent on God. This is about every day having our attention, having our eyes on Him. This is every day being, listen, knowing who we serve and who we need to be thankful to for what we have. Well, you know, I've got the house that I live in because me and Michelle have worked and all that. Well, who provided the job? Every step, there, there are things that have happened in my life that should not have happened. First of all, I met the love of my life and wasn't expecting it. But it happened. Praise the Lord. Someone who will serve God with me and not 
keep me from serving God. Someone would grow spiritually with me who is seeking God herself. That doesn't happen in a lot of marriages, even in the church. My brothers and sisters, that's a blessing to not to, to finish college and get a degree in something that's not related at all to what I'm doing as a, as a profession and to excel in it to the extent that I've been able to you know, raise a family and have some things that... So God blesses me. God is the one. I always say, when people say about what I do, they, they look at some of the things. And uh, you know, just the other day, I think we were talking, Steve, correct me if I'm wrong. Well, that, that type of turf is idiot-proof. Don't say that. Don't say that. I said that to one of, one of the owners that I worked for one time. Said, it's amazing how you know, you're able to do that and get blah, blah, blah. And, and you know, that's going to be a putting green someday. Yeah, it is. And yeah, but it's amazing how you that grab it. Yeah, it's, it's idiot proof. Don't worry. Don't say that. He was on. Don't say that. You're going to jinx it. No. I said, listen, listen. God, I, I just say it like this. God knew that I was going to have to support a family someday. So he said, I'm going to make Bermuda grass idiot-proof, so that guy can take care of his family. Hallelujah! Hallelujah! God is good. God has been good to me. God has been good to you. It doesn't matter what you're in the middle of. In this world, you're going to have trials. You're going to have tests. It's going to come down on you. But be of good cheer, because greater is he who is in you than he who is in the world. Jesus has already overcome the world. He's already conquered even death, so that why in the world should I go ahead and cry and complain and moan? I'm not saying that I don't. <laughs> I just went ahead and praised God for giving her to me and now yes. no but, but you understand what I'm saying to you it, it, we, we, yes things get tough yes things get tough but my brothers and sisters this is not our home we are strangers in a strange place it's going to get tough and I got to tell you it's going to get tougher it's fixing to get tougher it's going to come down on the churches I, I prophesied this in 012 and we're seeing, and those of you who are tired of hearing me repeat it, I prophesied in 012 what would happen. We're right in the middle of it now, but we ain't done yet. Before we leave here, before His church is called home, we're going to suffer some more persecution as His church. The seeker-friendly churches, some of them, they'll, go, they'll get by. That they'll have enough money. They'll, have an, they'll comply. They won't say anything for, uh, that, that you know, is politically incorrect from the pulpit. And they'll make sure that they're still preaching that candy coated, candy cotton gospel and sunshine and lollipops. And but no, 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 no. Those of us who are preaching the truth are going to suffer some consequences. There's no question about it. But before it gets real bad, woo, we're out of here. We are out of here. Praise God. Hallelujah. So, man, that's, that's an awesome, awesome thing. So, so look what he's saying. Because you say I'm rich, I have wealth. But see, some people say, well, you know what? I'm not really rich. Seriously, I don't consider myself to be a rich man as it relates to the natural. I really don't. I mean, I, I, God has blessed us for sure, and we have things, and, and we're able to, you know, to give and to help, you know, to give things and to buy, you know, to go out to eat, and we're able to do some recreational things. Bless the Lord, I, I praise God for that. But I don't consider myself to be a rich man as it relates to not in the spirit. So some people say the same thing. I mean, I'm not really rich. And so, so even some of our, our, our people that are, you know, going after that next promotion or going after that next thing so they can get that next... I, I used to be that way. I was working hard to get to that next level so I could provide for my family. But at those times, God always brought me back down to where I needed to be and get in the closet and pray to Him and depend on Him for it. So, but... but but God, Pastor, I, I'm, not, I'm not there. I'm not rich. 
I'm not chasing riches per se. I just got to survive and all this. But and there's these, all these other things that kind of tackle me, that grab me by the, the foot, the heel catcher, the supplanter. He just keeps grabbing at me. I don't, I don't know. I'm not, just, I can't relate to that. Glad you said that. In Mark chapter 4, and this is in all the synoptic gospels. This is the par- parable of the seed and the sower. But I'm going to go real quick, give you a couple of scriptures. This is the, the explanation, part of the explanation. Remember, Jesus spoke in parables, and this one time when he spoke about the seed and the sower. Remember, this, this, the seed, you know, and this, they're planting the word, right? It's the word of God that's being sown. And so the, his disciples, his closest disciples, they didn't understand what it meant, so they went to him afterwards. And this is a great thing. This, and, and I don't use this as a negative thing. They went to him after. They went to him. God... See, see, so many of us make this mistake. We'll read the Bible, and we won't really understand it, but we'll leave it there. And maybe depend on somebody like me or, or somebody on TV to explain it to you. We'll, we'll read a commentary, which are all okay things, but really what you need to do is go to Jesus. Go to, go to, go to God the Holy Spirit. Go, let the Holy Spirit pray with you. And go to Jesus and ask God to reveal to you what the scripture is saying. What are you saying, Jesus? What do you, what, I want to know. He's not going to hold it back from you. So these apostles, these disciples, they did the right thing. They didn't understand. And so they went to him, and, and, he, and I'm just going to explain part of it to you. In verse 18, he says, Now these are the ones, the seeds, that are sown among the thorns. They are the ones who hear the word, and the cares of this world. See, it's not just riches. It's not just, you know, being able to make it or to get by. The cares of this world. I want to tell you something. One of the biggest things that affect or, uh, you know, hurt me, or there's two things really. You all, the church, and my children and my children's children. Those are the biggest concerns that I have in my life. And so, when my, from my point of view, if things aren't looking good, when I'm not looking at it through... The spiritual eyes, uh, when things don't look good, I, st- I start to get up. I mean, I start to, I, and, and I don't cry, I get angry. It starts to well up in me. So pray for me. I've, been, I've shared that with you. So I start to get angry. Now, that's my personality, and so that makes that, now I'm going after it. Now I've got to go get it. You see what I'm saying? I'm not saying it's right, it's wrong. I'm not saying if you do it this way or you don't do it this way. I don't, that's, that's just me. I, I get angry, and so I start to, I get that something comes up in me, and so I got to do something. Even if it's just praying, then that's what I'm going to do. But, and I get angry at the devil. And I get angry because, man, they should be in that word. They should be doing that. Or, and here I am just, so I, I need to do something. What am I going to do? I'm going to pray harder. I'm going to, whatever. And so you guys experience that same thing. So what I'm, but, but remember where I'm at. It's these cares of this world. And the deceitfulness of riches. It's not the riches themselves. It's the See, you say, well, money is the root of all evil. No, it's the love of money that's the root of all evil. Man, it takes... Man, I'm, I'm glad that, you know, many of you tithe and give offerings because it takes money to do ministry. Man, there are some things... We just did that, that um, turkey drop, Operation Turkey Drop. It happened because um, we had a benefactor that gave a, a, a pretty good amount of money that we could do that. And, and so many of the things that we've done through the years have been because of money. But see, it's, and it's because maybe some of our members, many of our members, don't love money, so they're okay with giving it to God. Hallelujah. So don't get all, and don't turn it off. I'm not getting ready to ask for an offering. We don't do that here. But my brothers and sisters, this is the, it's the love of money. It's deceitfulness of riches. What does that mean, deceitfulness of riches? Well, if I could just get that, I'll be happy. 
No, you won't. No, you won't. Because after you get that, you're going to worry about, number one, how to keep it. Number two, how to get more. Because that thing that you're trying to satisfy inside of you can only be satisfied by God. It can only be satisfied by God. See, God made Adam and Eve complete. When they decided to go after something else, that was out of them. And though, so mankind has been trying to fill that ever since. And it can only be filled by God through Christ Jesus. Amen? Amen. So, so this deceitfulness of riches, that once I get there, everything's going to be okay. If I could just get that next job, if I could just get that, that next house, if I could just get that next car, if I could just do this, if I could just get there, everything's going to be okay. No, it won't. No, you need to be in Christ. You need to be, that's where you need to be. That's where joy unspeakable and filled with gladness, filled with glory. That's where it is. That's where it is. Amen? Amen. All right. So, so desires for other things enter and choke the word. No matter what I have, I want the next thing. That's human nature. That's been given to us by Adam and Eve. No matter what I have, I want the next thing. So, and that thing, it chokes out the word and becomes unfruitful. But now look at what he says in verse 20. But these are the ones sown on good ground. On good ground. Those who hear the word, accept it, bear fruit, some 30-fold, some 60, and some 100. Good ground. Good ground. So I want to be good ground. So when I hear the word of God, I want to make sure that I'm good ground. How do I do that? Rend my heart. Open my heart. Rend our hearts, Lord. Help me to open my heart, Lord. Help me to get out of myself. Help me to yield myself to you. Help me to humble myself before you. Open my heart. Are you with me? Man, when, whenever you plant something, I mean, you till the ground up, right? You make it soft. You make it so that the seed can get in there and that, you know, air and water. Can't see, I'm talking my stuff now. Now, that, that water and air can be down in that soil and, you know, that promotes that healthy growth. See, that ground has to be tilled up, has to be stirred up a little bit. Amen? Amen. So, I hope that's what's happening to some of you right now, whether in this room or whether listening uh, digitally. Man, that something's stirring in you right now and that you become good ground. Your heart is, is, is rendered. It's open. It's, it's, you're, you're, it's softened. And you start to hear what the Lord himself is trying to minister to you. Amen? But look at what... I want to go back and look at what Jesus said back there. I wish you were cold or hot. What? Jesus is wishing that they were cold? How could that be? Now, some people say, well, this is just hyperbole. He's just saying, no, I think really, think about this for a minute. This is the way I think about it. I'm not saying, thus say it the Lord. But think about this for a minute. You know what? When, if, if I'm straddling the fence, if you're straddling the fence and you think you're okay, it's hard for you to change. But if you're on the other side of the fence, if you're way cold and you know you're cold, God can deal with you over there, you see. Okay, God is trying to deal with these people right now. He's trying to reveal to them, you think you got something that you don't, right? And why do they think it? Well, they think it because they've got, they've got all of these riches and all of these, this wealth. See, I, I'm going to jump ahead a little bit, so if... <laughs> there are people... I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read it from the Word, because I don't want to get this wrong. I don't want to... Add a Timothy... In Timothy, you don't turn there, just write it down, but listen to me. 
in Timothy chapter 6, verse 3. If anyone teaches otherwise, I'm going to pause there to give you a little context. If anyone teaches otherwise, Jesus, I mean, Paul, the Apostle Paul has, is teaching and he's told them, uh, told Timothy how um, workers, slaves, should treat their masters, how they should think about their masters. Well, we don't have slavery anymore. Well, it's how we should look at our employers. It's how we should work for our employers, okay? So now what he's saying is any, if anybody teaches counterwise to that um, and does not consent to wholesome... So here's the good part, okay? Here's what I want you to hear. Who doesn't consent to wholesome words, even the words of our Lord Jesus Christ, and to the doctrine which accords with godliness. Did you hear that? To the doctrine that accords with godliness. All, listen... You, without, listen, without holiness, no one sees God. So that's why, you know, I can't coddle anybody and say, oh, it's okay, it's okay, it's okay. It's not okay. But God loves you. And it's okay because God loves you and it's okay, right? Because He died for you. But now what are you going to do with that? With that information, now what do you, because you have to respond to that information. So what are you going to do? God loved you, He died for you, He paid the price for your sin, now what are you going to do with that information? You can't go and live the same, right? Right? Come on. Okay. So, uh, and to the doctrine which accords with godliness, he is proud, knowing nothing, but is obsessed with disputes and arguments over words, from which come envy, strife, reviling, evil suspicions, useless wranglings of men, corrupt minds, and destitute of truth, who suppose, listen to this, who suppose that godliness is a means of gain, from from such, withdraw yourself. Now, this goes two ways, I think. Yes, there are some people who minister and have become wealthy ministering. And, and many of them have fallen. Many have haven't yet. But they're still going to have to give answer. Okay? But then also there are those who consider that because they are blessed, they're godly. Anybody ever run into anybody like that? Amen. I will tell you that a while back there was someone from this church who got into a discussion with somebody because this person had claimed how blessed they were and blah, 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 and they were, they were so blessed and God was blessing them. And this person was zealous without wisdom and said, that ain't God blessing you. <laughs> you can't live like you live and God be blessing you. That ain't God. Man, that person fired back or another person came to there and said, what is that pastor teaching you in that church? The truth. In love. But see, that's the thing. Many people think but because they're well off, because they're, they're doing well in business or their relationships are going good or because they happen to be at a good place you know, where they're being you know, financially encouraged or you know, doing good at their job, everything seems to be going in a good direction that they must be in line with God. They must be doing it. God is blessing them. No. See, the enemy of your soul, and this is where, what rubs gives people the rub, the enemy of your soul will allow you to be blessed. You know? How do I know that? I'm smart. No. <laughs> look, at what, look at how the enemy went at Jesus. You know, he promised him things. And he said, it's been, the, the saint said, it's been given to me to do this. I have the power right now. It's been given to me by who? God. It's been given me to do this. You know who else gave him the power? Adam and Eve gave him the power. Satan has no power over you unless you give it to him. And so that's how he does, and that's how he tempted Jesus with blessing. 
do this, you'll be blessed. So many people equate the blessing or them doing well in, you know, culturally in the, in the natural with being godly. And that's not, there's, there's nothing that's further from the truth. It doesn't have to be that. Could it be that? Absolutely it could be. It absolutely could be. It's, I'm going to equate it this. I'm, I'm going to get off on a little rabbit trail here, but hear me. That's why when someone tells me, God said, stop. Because if you're not living, if you're living in open sin, and you think God has said something to you to tell me, save it. No, no, no. I'm not trying to be ugly. I'm not trying to be ugly. But, but, don't, but don't tell me. Okay? Okay? You know, it's okay to be zealous, but you should be zealous enough to live godly. But I can't live godly. I can't either without Holy Spirit. Amen? His grace, His Holy Spirit. I can't live on my own without Him. I can't do it, but I can do it with Him. I'm going to jump over here now, continue just a little bit longer with, the, with 1 Timothy chapter 6, now in verse 6. Now, godliness with contentment is great gain. That's how you gain. What? By being godly and being happy. You know, being content with the things that, you know, you're walking with God. That's great gain. For we bought nothing into this world, and it's certain we can carry nothing out. And having food and clothing, with these we should be content. But those who desire to be rich fall into temptation and a snare, into many foolish and harmful lusts, which drown men in destruction and perdition. I can't, I, I, I can't argue with that. That is the Word of God. And it's so pertinent. It's so poignant for where we are right now. Oh, there's no question. It was for, for eternity. It, it was eternity past. It's always been. But think about what drives you and me right now. And what the scripture is just telling us, man, if we have clothes on our back and we have food on the table, be happy. Don't be going for the next big thing, the next big thing, the thing after that. Amen? Wow. I don't know. I wish I had a church that was packed so I could get a little few more amens. I could feel a little bit better about it landing. Come on. So I hope people at home, if you're at home right now and you get to comment, just hit amen. (laughs) If you're on Facebook right now, hit amen so pastor knows. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So my brothers and sisters, without really being silly or anything, but isn't that though as human beings, isn't, isn't that the way we are? So, so that's the thing. I have to be less human. Well, what? Yeah. I have, to, I have to go walk by the Spirit. I have to be more in tune with what the Spirit of God inside of me is leading me to. What He's teaching me. What He's telling me. And less about what I see and what other people are telling me. Especially the news and politicians and all these other groups that have their cause. No. Ah, we walk according to the cause of Christ. Amen? All right. So let's go now uh, to verse 18. Verse 18. So, so wait, let me, let me pause here because I want to make sure that I actually made the point, so please forgive me. So remember the point. Jesus was saying, I, I, I brought up that Jesus said, I would you rather cold, right? Because, listen, if you're, if you're getting your things, you're, you know what I mean? If you're, if you're getting your things and you're after those things and that's halfway being satisfied, you're not going to go for God. You're not going to go after Him. You know, some of the, again, a little, some of the most teachable moments that I had with God, some of the things that God really, were the things when I had nowhere else to go and I had to get on my face and get with Him. I pray that that doesn't happen in your life every time. 
I pray that you don't have to go through a disaster or, or you have to experience some, really, some real hardship in order for you to get a hold of God. No, I'm here to tell you today. Get a hold of God every day. And maybe some of those catastrophes, some of those paths of destruction that the enemy of your soul and your own flesh want to take you down, you'll miss. Why? Because you're in fellowship with God. And He is leading and directing your path spiritually. Amen? Hallelujah. I'm not going to go after that. There are jobs I wish I wouldn't have taken. But, but, I'm not being led by my butt, so I am going the right way. All things work together for good for those who love the Lord, for those who are the called according to His purpose. Yes, I missed the mark. I made a bad decision. But then after that, I got on my God. And God said, yep. But here's where we're going now. Did you, did you learn anything from that mistake, son? Yes, I did. And it wasn't the last mistake, unfortunately. But did you learn anything? Yes, I did. Hallelujah. I, I have come to a point in my life spiritually that I would have never been able to come to had the Lord not allowed me to be tested. Had the Lord not, listen, spanked me when I made the bad decision. Come on now. Come on. See, so that's why if I'm cold, okay. But if I feel like, hey, everything's going good, I'm, I'm being blessed, you know, I'm not on my face praying as much, and I'm equating my walk must be good because, you know, God is blessing me, and it's really not God blessing me. So that's why, that's why Jesus said, I wish you were hot or cold. Amen? All right, so now let's go to verse 18. I counsel you to buy from me gold refined in fire that you may be rich. And white garments that you may be clothed, that the shame of your nakedness may not be revealed, and anoint your eyes with eye salve that you may be that you may see. My brothers and sisters, listen. I'm going to break this down quickly. There there is a there is a whole message right there that I could take apart each of those elements. I'm just going to go quick though because you know we're we're running out of time here. So so first of all, let's look at this. I I I, I counsel you. I'm I'm speaking to you. Listen, I, I'm giving you advice. This is Jesus saying, see how, per- this is personal. See, he's speaking to a group of believers, but he's speaking to all of us in his church. And he's saying to all of us right now, I'm giving you advice. Look, you're seeking after riches. You're, you're rich and you're, you're always, that's what's got your attention. I'm telling you, buy from me gold refined in the fire. Look, what could that be? Glad you asked. James chapter 2 verse 5. Listen, my beloved brethren, has God not chosen the poor of this world to be rich in faith and the heirs of the kingdom which he promised to those who love him. You see that? Faith is how God is defining riches here for us. So he's saying, listen, buy from me. Buy from me. See, now, how do I buy? I just give myself to it. But I want to go real quick in Isaiah 55. Look this up later. In Isaiah 55, in, 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 in um, beginning verse 1, just verse 1 and 2. All you who are thirsty, come to the water. You without money, you without money, you without money. Hear that? I said it loud enough. You without money, come buy and eat. Yes, come. Buy wine and milk without money. It's free. Why spend money for what isn't food? Your wages for what doesn't satisfy. Jesus paid the price for all of it. Whatever you need, you go to Jesus. By faith, in faith, with His Holy Spirit, and you receive. Amen? Okay, so buy for me. How do I do it? I go to Jesus. 
I am crucified with Christ, yet I live. Not I, but Christ lives in me. In the life I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. So I go to Jesus for my faith. Hallelujah! <laughs> it's Jesus' faith. Amen? All right. So, now let me read also to you now. I'm going to read this, but mark it down. 1 Peter 1, 6-8. In this you greatly rejoice. Though now for a little while, if need be, you have, given, you have been grieved by various trials. Has anyone been grieved by various trials? Is anyone in the middle of a trial? Okay, so, so now watch. Listen, this is the word of God. I, I, I really, I, I, I just want you to hear this. Lord, please minister. Lord, please, Holy Spirit, please. In this you greatly rejoice, though now for a little while, if need be, you have been grieved by various trials. That the genuineness of your faith, the genuineness of your faith, being much more precious than gold that perishes. Buy for me gold. Are you, are you, are you there? Be rich in faith. Be rich by faith. So I'm going to Jesus. And I'm getting my Faith refined by the fire. See, you're going through this trial. It's making you richer. Huh. See, no one. But you don't want to hear. You don't believe that, man. I want you to hear it. See, we, some of you can testify of it, man. Some of you can. You're becoming more rich because you're being tried. There are people who are listening to me right now. I know that their hearts are broken. I know that they're experiencing some negative circumstances. I know that there are people listening to me right now that have said, "Enough is enough." Cry out to Him like you've never cried out to Him before. I don't even know what to say. Just say, Jesus, help me. Jesus, I give myself to You. I don't know what to do, Lord. It's all a mess. My emotions, I'm scrambled. Lord, I'm crying out to You with everything that I am right now, Lord. Fill me. Touch me. I can't take anymore. Come on now. Do you know anybody that's in that position right now? I do. Lord, Please help them. Please let them hear this word. Hallelujah. Jesus, Holy Spirit, cry out through them. That's all you have to do, my brothers and sisters. Humble yourself. Get at the foot of the cross and say, Jesus, I can't take it, but I don't know what to do. I need your help. Hallelujah. That the genuineness of your faith, being much more precious than gold that perishes, though it is tested by fire, may be found to praise, honor, and glory at the revelation of Jesus Christ when He does come. When He does come. Hallelujah! You will be like Him, for you will see Him as He is. You will be changed from the glory that you now are in, from the status, from the stature that you're in now, to a whole new glory because of Jesus Christ. And it testifies of the goodness of God. To Him be the glory. Amen? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And I didn't fall. That was me stomping my foot. (laughs) Proverbs. Mark this one down. 17.3 The refining pot is for silver and the furnace for gold. But the Lord tests the hearts. See, it's easy for me when things are halfway good to go ahead and, yeah, hallelujah, praise the Lord. But there has to be that fiery trial to test the genuineness of your faith. Why? Because the accuser is always accusing you anyway. Always trying to say, see, 
He really didn't mean it. See, I got her anytime I want to. See, see, see. He's not really. That ain't, that, that ain't all that. No, you're tested. And then that, that, that fire, that, that, that fire that you just went ahead and got burned with now and you cried out to the Lord and you had that experience and you knew that He carried you through and you look back and you say, Whoo! And you wipe the sweat off your brow. You said, thank God He took me through. Amen? Different glory. That just made you ready for the next one coming. My brothers and sisters, so that when He calls, when that trumpet sounds, and I believe when that trumpet sounds, I believe it's going to sound like this. Tony! To me. Amen? Tony! Come on up! Hallelujah! Hallelujah! Tony! Come up! Hallelujah! 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 Man, listen, I know that it's tough. I know that you're going through something. You may be going through something right now. And I know you're, you know, it, it's breaking your heart. And it's hard. Well, the joy of the Lord is my strength. It'd be real easy for somebody like me to say, well, the joy of the Lord is your strength. Just say, you know, everything is your blessing. It's just right around the corner. And you know, no, 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 no. Maybe it is. Maybe it is. I, I know this. I, I do know this. It will get better. How do I know that? Because he said so. Because He said so. So I'm going to trust and believe Him. And because He said so, and because He came up out of a grave alive after three days, because He did all of that, I know when He says it's going to be better, I believe Him. I believe Him. Hallelujah. Let's go to verse 19 before I pop a gasket. As many as I love, I rebuke and chasten. Therefore, be zealous and repent. You see this? In the middle of all of this nastiness, when he has nothing good to say to this church, look at what he's saying. He's saying, I love you. He's saying, I'm saying all this because I love you. So now I'm saying, I'm giving you an opportunity. Yeah, you may have messed up. This might be the 99th time that you did that same old thing. I want to talk to some of our brothers and sisters who continue to fail. They continue to slide back into that addiction. I want to tell you something. Don't give up. God has not given up on you. You don't give up on God. God will deliver you. Get that word down in you. Cry out in the name of Jesus. Cry out to Jesus in that moment. Get a brother. Get a sister. Link up. Man, pray. Don't get into the addiction. Get away from those people who steer you in that direction. My brothers and sisters, get around somebody who loves the Lord, who's willing to tell you the truth. Who's willing to stand with you when you're sick and you can't take it no more. Get with somebody who will link up with you and call upon the name of the Lord and not be ashamed of it, but have total confidence in it and have the hope. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Man, I'm mad in a good way. But see what he says. He, he, yes, he's speaking to somebody. I hope somebody is being rebuked and being chastened right now. And I hope you also know that he's doing that because he loves you. And look what he says. Therefore now, okay, look, I love you. I'm rebuking you. Now you need to do something. What do you need to do? Be zealous. Get right. Get, be, be serious and repent. Turn. Okay, Joseph Prince, you said that once you become uh, a Christian, you never have to repent. Then explain that. I guess Jesus is making a mistake right here. That's what makes me mad. 
my brothers and sisters, Jesus has said it already to many of to, to, to a few of the churches. Repent. If you're going the wrong way, it's time for you to change. Repent. Well, that just means you don't have to ask for forgiveness. Okay. Repent. That means I was going the wrong way. Now, I, here, here's what, if that's the case, if that's what they're trying to teach me, that means, okay, I'm going this way. Okay, Lord, you want me to go another way? Okay. Just okay. No, it's I'm going the wrong way. Lord, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I hadn't been paying attention to you. Forgive me and help me. See, we don't take our disobedience, we don't take sin seriously as God does. Hallelujah. Why repent? Well, you have to repent so you can get back and go the way that He's called for you to. Amen? All right, be zealous and repent. So I'm loving you, I'm showing my love for you, I'm, rebu- I'm saying all this. Uh, you know, how many of you, um, <clears throat> you've heard this before, but I wonder how many of you parents either here or listen. Well, when you, just before you get ready to give your kid a spanking, you say, this is going to hurt me more than it's going to hurt you. <laughs> like, I got to do it. Uh-uh. It didn't hurt me near as much, except one, one time. And I apologized to him for it. But man, one time it hurt me a lot more than it hurt him, I hope. But anyway, my, my brothers and sisters, listen. No, rebuking him, he rebukes who he loves. So he's saying to us, I love you, I love you. Re- repent. And then we respond. Amen? We respond. We respond. We need to respond. Okay, verse 20. We're almost done. Hang on a little little long. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in to him and dine with him and he with me. You see what he's saying? Listen, I'm coming to you. I'm knocking at the door of your heart right now. I'm knocking. And look at If you let me in, full fellowship. See, when he says, I'm going to sit down and dine with you, that's real, that means something in that culture. In that, he, he said, I, we're, we're, you're restored to full fellowship. You don't have to serve a penance. You don't have to go ahead and say 35 Hail Marys and 75 Our Fathers. You don't have to go ahead and, and walk on hot coals or do anything, whoop yourself. You don't have to do any of that. Jesus already did that. So, so what you need to do, what you need to do is just go ahead and let him in. See, be the good ground and let him in. And have full fellowship with Him. He restores you to the full fellowship. Amen? So, amen. Oh, hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Last one. Verse 21. To him who overcomes, I will grant to sit with me on my throne. (laughs) See, now who is he talking to? Just the other churches who had some commendations? No, he's talking even to these, even to those who he found no good in. He said, listen, when you overcome, you overcome what? The desires of your own flesh. When you overcome your own flesh, when you overcome and just follow me, this is what happens. You will sit with me. We're going to reign and rule with him. We're going to reign and rule with him. as I also overcame and sat down with my father on his throne. Hallelujah. You see this relationship? See, he knocks on the door of our heart. We open, he comes in, and we have supper with him. We dine with him. This is a, this is a serious relationship, a serious fellowship. And he says, just like he has, listen, just like he overcame and the father gave him that throne, he's going to do the same for us. This is talking about a fellowship. This is talking about a relationship with Jesus Christ. This is deep. This is meaningful. 
Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I hope that something that I shouted landed on good ground. Amen? Amen. Let's, let's pray together. Stand with me, please. And for those of you who are listening online, same thing. I, I would that you would just be in prayer with us right now as we pray together. Miles may be between us right now, but spiritually, let's touch one another. Let's, let's agree in faith. Lord God, we thank you for your word. God, we, we love you. There's no question that there's those who are praying this prayer as we come before you and truly love you. But Lord, we've messed up. And Lord, we ask in Jesus' name that you would forgive us for any of our missteps. Father, for missing the mark, for doing some things that we shouldn't have done. Father, there are many under the sound of my voice right now who have been all about the bling all about chasing that next thing, whatever that next thing is, thinking that that is what they need to fulfill, to make them happy. Lord God, I pray that you would continue to, to minister to them. Father, that you and only you can satisfy. And I pray, Lord, that they would sincerely call upon you and receive you. And again, Father, I pray for all those who are among us, your church, your body. Father, who are experiencing negative circumstances right now, no matter what they are. Father, we come together in faith, trusting you, our God, trusting you, that you would never leave them, any of us, or forsake us. Lord, I pray that if any of us need to be corrected, that we would see in the middle of this negative situation, Father, and we would learn and we would cry out to you and repent. And then, Father, restore us back to full fellowship with you. That in the days ahead, we would know that we know that we know that we're dining we're having sweet fellowship. We're back in a fully restored relationship. Minister to us, Holy Spirit. Minister to us. We yield ourselves to you today. And we thank you for the victory that you've given us. We thank you, Lord. We thank you. Thank you, Lord, for our saved children. Thank you, Lord, for healing the brokenhearted. Thank you, Lord, for healing us in our physical bodies. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. Father, I want to thank you now because when I'm in the middle of it, I might not. Thank you for the tough situation. Father, thank you for bringing us through this far. We love you, Lord. We love you.